You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Put in five bucks, you get $150 in free plays if that team plays and if you're a new customer. All right, joined by William Brad Alice. I'm merely Mike Luke. William, how you doing, my man? Doing well, Mike. Awesome, awesome. All right. I wanted to uh wanted to first and foremost start off. Had a lot of people that wanted me to ask you about the transfer portal and about what you think of it vis-a-vis the recruit uh from a recruiting angle. Now a lot of people were wondering what kind of recruiter Tommy Lloyd would be. And, you know, I think when you bring in KJ Lewis, when you get a, uh, a Kylan Boswell, you can be a little bit more picky um, as he's been, but with the transfer portal with Keon Brooks now uh, being out of the equation and looking elsewhere, we'll get to some other names missing out on a couple other guys. Does that strategy work when it comes to uh, trying to get kids when you're basically speed dating? You know, I think that you've got a lot of things. I just went through Jeff Goodman's list of top 100 transfers. Mm-hmm. Very few players made the move to better their situation. Right. Uh, Arkansas did very well. Um, Kentucky had a few. There's a lot of guys making lateral moves, and a lot of guys when they do leave a smaller team, go to a place where they can get shots. Right. There aren't a lot of guys who seem like they're going to win. Now, the exception would be uh, the kid who just wound up at Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Malachi um, like I said, Yeah, like I said, a couple of the kids who went to Arkansas. Um, but you get a lot of Keon Brooks to go to Washington. Why are you going to Washington? To get shots, to, to right. showcase yourself. Um, ironically enough usually the best way to showcase yourself is to go to a really good program and show how you can operate in that structure. Um, the NBA doesn't care if you get 21 shots a game. If they did, Terrell Brown would be a first-round draft pick. Right. Um, they want to see how – because unless you're one of the five guys in the draft who are stars, and you never know who that guy is going to be, Right. Um, you're probably going to have to go play a role in the NBA. Um, 
But if you look at it, you know, UCLA got hit really hard with defections to the draft. They're not picking up a lot of guys. Right. I think Carolina lost way more than they brought in. Um, so I think you're in a hard thing. And then a lot of guys are willing to sacrifice a couple tournament wins for NIL money. And Arizona has some NIL money, but, you know, Miami was able to get Nigel Pack in large part because of NIL deals. So do I think Lloyd has to be better at it? I'd like to see him be better at it this year. He was very good with it last year. He got Ballo. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. always going to get Ballo. But, you know, we, we saw that the two pieces he added. Hello, Larson. And uh, uh, Kyer were nice pickups, nice mm-hmm. pieces that fit in. Um, so, now, if they get Ramey, if they get the kid from Campbell who was in over the weekend, if they get uh, the kid from Illinois, suddenly we're changing our tune, and that's a very nice mix of players. Ramey's good, but he's not great, so he can accept a role at Arizona. And that might be as a starter, but right. it might be as the Justin Kyer. Uh, the kid from Illinois, likewise, he might mm-hmm. fit in the starting lineup, but he just as well could be the first wing off the bench. You know what so, surprised? You know what surprised? Yeah, I think me that lo- remains to be seen. You know what surprised me a little bit about the Keon Brooks situation is, I mean, I was just looking at it from an outsider perspective, thinking that, all right, well, Arizona's got this glaring hole at small forward. You want minutes. You want to be able to showcase yourself. Brad, we're not in the time anymore where you needed to average 20 points a game in college to be a first-round pick. I mean, he should know that better than anybody being at Kentucky. I mean, you look up and down that roster. It's guys that are first-round picks that are averaging 13, averaging 12, averaging 11. The highest draft pick is going to be a kid who didn't play. Right, precisely. And so at Arizona, when you get 30 minutes, you're going to play in an up-tempo type system. You're going to get your minutes regardless. But I also have come around a little bit to where once Arizona lost Dalen Terry, I think you went from being a national title contender to being more, and we've talked about this, being more of a top 20-ish type team, kind of a transition year. I I, uh, bring back to 95-96. When Arizona loses Damon, you lose Rayos. You got Bibby coming in the following year, but you've got a bunch of seniors, this and that. I think the most important thing that Tommy Lloyd wants to do is not upset this roster right here because so many of these guys could be on the 2023-2024 roster. It also makes me wonder what do they really feel about Adama Ball. Right. Um, Because maybe Keon Brooks is one of my starting. They're like, probably not. Right. We love the ball kid. And mm-hmm. we don't know. I mean, Ball showed flashes. Right. And, he, you know, uh, generally, though, when a guy shows flashes, you're pretty, you know, as long as he's patient, you know you're going to get a pretty good player. Um, so that's part of my wondering what exactly, if they weren't selling Keon Brooks at guaranteed starting. And, in fact, we're maybe honest. Like, hey, we think Adama Ball's the guy. Right. Um, now, do I think he's Dallin Terry? No, but I think he's probably a better scorer than Terry. Um, I don't know if he can do the intangibles, but I think he's a guy who – if you tell me, you know, guess what? Don Ball's going to be a 14, 15 point a game guy this year. I could believe it. Um, I don't know that for, obviously for sure, but that's my guess is maybe they are much higher on ball. Um, and, and that's not what Brooks wanted to hear. Yeah. Which are, all right. Which is fair enough. So now let's get to some of the other guys. Obviously um, we talked a little bit about, and uh, I looked at it a little bit earlier. Um, you got right now, you got a guy in Cedric Henderson Jr. Is an interesting, anytime you get somebody that plays at the level of at Campbell, you've got to be a little circumspect because, again, you're not playing high-level D1 players. But averages 16 and 6, shot 55% from the field, um, 
went over a thousand points. Seems like a guy who could be a solid role player. I mean, he's not going to come in and average 16 a game, but with guys like that, I never know what to expect, William, because Dylan Smith came in here averaging 17 from UNC Asheville. We know the story with Dylan Smith. TJ McConnell came in averaging eight or nine. Exactly. And you never became, know. And became an all Pac-12 player. And you could argue he was Arizona's MVP his senior year. Uh, yeah, you know, he seems like a guy, in some ways, I almost say, like, cut the scoring in half. But if you can keep the rebounding, it's worth it. Um, right. You know, can he be an eight and six guy? Okay, sign me up. Eight and five. Because, um, again, yeah, he looks like he would be a role player. Um, and, and that's really, well, I think you do want a starting guard to come in. I think if you can get two role players out of this group, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you're telling me your starting lineup is going to be some combination of Tabellus, Bala, or Vessar in the front court, right? With Ball, Larson, and Kerr in the back court, that's a good team. Now, is it a right. great team? Is it as good as last year? Probably not, but it's a good team, um, right? For sure. So then you're telling me, okay, we're filling in the cracks now with, you know big Phil and, and, you know, maybe this kid from Campbell and uh, Dylan Anderson. Yeah. I, I just need a, yeah, I need a little bit more in case Anderson's not ready to play. I need a little mm-hmm. bit more just in case, uh, well, you really don't have anyone at the guard spot back. Uh, you know, you need some depth on the wing and in the back court. Um, but overall, yeah, you kind of like what you have because again, we don't know what Phil's going to be. Uh, we don't right. know what Vesser is going to be, you know. And that's they, the thing, too, is they may need to ride some minutes with that starting front court. And I tell people this all the time. We're kind of in a new we're kind of in a new territory right now because Sean Miller recruited a little bit internationally. But, you know, outside of a Laurie, a Laurie Markinen, you know, it was generally domestic. It was Aaron Gordon. It was Stanley Johnson. It was DeAndre Ayton. You're going to see a lot more of a European influence here. No, duh. But also, when you look at Lloyd's track record, you look at what he did at Gonzaga. This is a man that knows how to recruit the international game. This isn't somebody that's going over there. And Murph is the same way. These aren't guys that are going over there with no idea what to look for and just looking for anybody that's six foot eight that can make a three in warmups. And honestly, Foy, I'm sure knows knows right. his way around the international recruiting as well, having uh, you know come come from the Italian leagues. Um, and then I'm going to trust Steve Robinson's evaluation of tape. Right. I mean, this is a guy who's. Right. Carolina didn't miss often. And when they did, yeah, did those guys transferred and were still pretty good players. Like I'm guessing Dawson Garcia is going to be good at Minnesota. Um, so yeah, I trust the staff again, the biggest issue with international players, and this is true of domestic as well, is how do they transition not only to being on their own, being in college, but being in another country. Right. Um, and a different style of game. And again, there's a lot big difference between high school ball, AAU ball and college. But they've been running up against a lot of the same athletes. Right. Whereas a lot of these international guys have never faced some of these types of athletes. Now, they've gone against completely different types who might in many ways be better, older. Um, but, you know, you you run into the kind of guys who go to Kentucky and right now are going to Arkansas and UCLA. Those are elite athletes. And you don't always see that in Europe where you get elite basketball players who aren't dynamic athletes all the time. Although that is changing. That is becoming more and more a thing of the past, but it's still true to an extent. Brad, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app? You've mentioned it repeatedly. All right. 
But it might not begin through to certain people. William Brad Alice is a very smart man, as is Sean Seeley, because they both went to Saguaro High School, both Saguaro grads. All right. For the people out there that didn't go to Saguaro, let me tell you about it. You put in five bucks, you get $150 in free plays. You got to bet on these NBA games and you got to be a new customer. I like the Warriors to win, but it doesn't matter because the Warriors could lose by 500 points. And if you're a new customer, you get that $150. 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you all taken care of. We're having Matt Mulebach on tomorrow to talk about what makes Steve Kerr so great. Real quick, William, let me ask you about that since we're on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Did you, when Steve Kerr, well, you're not that quite that old, but you know you were still present. Did Steve Kerr strike you as a guy that would get into the coaching game uh, at yeah. some point? Right. That was always the rumor because no one thought he'd play in the NBA. Right. Yeah. Uh, True. There were many people who, while he was a player, said he's going to be Luke's heir apparent. Right. And you know who they also said that about? Well, a couple guys: Josh Passner. Before. Uh, Mike, before. Uh, I, who? Kevin O'Neill. Kevin O'Neill. Well, he was for an hour and a half. Actually, he was. He did succeed yeah, Lute. He did. And and he was named the coach in waiting. And then Lute in the weirdest <laughs> press conference in the history of uh, put the kibosh on that. Without telling Jim Livengood, he was putting the kibosh. He fired Kevin O'Neill at a press conference. Correct. Uh, um, it helped that Kevin O'Neill came in and basically did uh, did Lute a little dirty, though. I know he's your guy, but. I know. But, but you know what we got to call. He ain't from Crete. All right. So as you list to Bellis. He gets a, from what's being reported, a wrist injury. Azulis Tabellis, and I'm going to go back to the 1995-96 season here because, again, I think it's a decent comparison. Not great, but decent. Ben Davis emerged as that guy um, by about midseason, especially when JB went out. I believe he was second to Sharif Abdurrahim in the conference player of the year. Now, granted, you had other guys. You had Reggie. You had a younger Miles. You had some great role players in Corey and whatnot. But Ben Davis and with Reggie to a lesser extent, we're the faces of that team. Arizona needs a Julis to be that guy. They need him to be right physically. They need him to be right mentally. This is obviously a setback, but I kind of feel, Brad, that this team will go as far as a Julis Tabellas takes them next season. Yeah, and he can take them far because right. there have been stretches in his two-year career where he's been Arizona's best player. Right. Uh, prior to the emergence of, of Matherin, Two years ago, right? Tubelas was their best player. There were stretches last year where Tubelas was as good as Matherin. Matherin was more consistent. Um, Matherin has a higher upside, but mm -hmm. prior to that injury, Tubelas was was you know an all Pac-12 type performer, and he right. can be again. He's a guy who can be seventeen and nine. Uh, don't know if he will be. And again, we saw some some troubling things at the end of the year. Again, I think a lot of that was injury related. But uh, you know we'll, we'll see what he can do. But yeah, I'm I'm optimistic that Tabellus can can kind of rebound and have a have a very good uh, junior year. I can't even keep these. Yeah, he'll be a junior classes now. Technically, he could have three. Uh, is he a sophomore too? I don't know. Sophomore, junior, whatever he is, third year player. Right. Technically, he could have three more years if he wanted to. You're going to be you find a lot of those guys out there. Um, so. Yeah, he, he needs he needs to be that guy. And I think that, you know, Pella Larson, we already let me ask you this, because I've asked you a lot about Kirk Crease and what your expectations are. Pella, can you get with the way that this roster is going to be constructed? And let's just say that you don't get a major contributor, a guy that, you know, comes in and averages 17 a game, which you're probably not going to get. Can Pella Larson deliver you 
12 and five while shooting good percentages and playing good defense. Can he up it to about 12 a game? Yeah, I don't expect it. I think he feels more like a 10 guy. Yeah. Nine or 10. Um, right. Cause I still think he's probably, he seems to me, he just seems to me the guy who's going to get incrementally better. And I, right. I kind of hope he's a guy who does stay to his fifth year. Um, because I think he can be a guy who maybe, again, I've made the comparison. They're very different players, but for some reason he reminds me of Judd Bushler. Mm-hmm. Just a guy who kind of does a little of everything, not to the extent of Dallin Terry, and who's just going to get a little bit better and a little right. bit better. And then you, you know, maybe by his fifth year, you're looking up and he's an all pack 12 type guy. Right. So that's kind of what, that's kind of what you're looking for though. A guy that he gets it, he starts at eight, he gets to 10, he gets to 11 or 12. And then maybe by the time he's a senior, he's hitting 14 a game or something like that. Now, if you tell me he's got a full healthy off season, a full mm-hmm. year at Arizona, right? Uh, a full year with the coaches, the weight level staff, he doesn't have to worry about finding a new school uh, overcoming injury, then maybe. Because maybe the guy right. we saw by the end of the year is the guy he could have been the whole year, in which case we are talking about what he – the last month and a half of the season when he ended up winning Pac-12. Pac-12 sixth man of the year. What, did he average something like 11 or 12 over that stretch? That's why he so, came up with that number, yeah. Yeah, so maybe he can. Again, you know, we forget – we forget totality of the season and the reasons for things. And, and I, Good and bad. You know, right. we forget how good uh, Hassan Adams was the first half of the year because we only remember what he was at the end of the year. Um, but that happens a lot. So, yeah, I could see – again, I could see scenarios where Pella – am I counting on it now? I think Pella Larson, to me, right now still feels like a role player who I think in an ideal world would still be coming off the bench and back – again, a perfect, I think, fit would be get Ramey, get, uh, you know, Kerr starts, Pella comes off the bench. All right, let's move over to football here in a second. But again, also want to tell you again, can't forget DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Put in five bucks, get $150 in free plays. As long as that game happens, that's all that has to happen. You got the Warriors, you got the Celtics coming up tomorrow. William, if you were going to bet anything with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, who would you take tomorrow? I think I would take the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Might hedge it with an under. (laughs) <laughs> Real quick, can I got I put this out on Twitter and then we're gonna get to U of A football. Can Steph reach Kobe Heights if he wins another title no. or so? Never gets there. He's not cool enough. He could be as a player. Right. Well, that's what I'm asking you. I don't care about the icon. Okay, then, then yes. Yes. Right. Um again, I'm not a Kobe guy. People are gonna right. hate me for this. But Kobe has a mystique, the Mamba mystique, which makes people overvalue him slightly. Again, mm-hmm. is he a top great player? All time great. Ten? Yes. Is he top but. five? Maybe. But it's the same reason people undervalue Duncan. Duncan's right. not cool. Right. Steph Curry is a weird mix of he's really cool till you turn to about 14. <laughs> For and then sure. He's cool again when you're 25. You know, he's um because he's just he's just not. You know, he just doesn't have an edge. I think you right. have to have – I think it's all part of the reason we – a lot of people do discount LeBron a little bit. Right. LeBron doesn't have the – Jordan smoked cigars which and, and played golf and gambled and uh, trash-talked, and, you know, LeBron tries to be the good guy and read the first page of the book over and over and over. and <laughs> first, uh, That he's but, not actually reading, yeah. But, you know, Kobe had the mystique. He had the Mamba mystique. He had – uh, you know, I think in a modern era, I think people would love Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so I yeah, I think, but if Steph Curry get another ring or two, and yeah, he's an all time great. Oh, well, that's where you go then. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, Gwen Parker, who is kind of the embodiment of the example I'm going to bring up, mentioned this to me a while, or mentioned this probably about a month ago. He was on here, and obviously, if you're Arizona, you're ecstatic with the wide receiver, the quarterback recruiting. It doesn't get any better than the class that you brought in from a receiver perspective, maybe outside of Alabama or something, but it's a top-five receiver class. You bring in Noah Fafita. You bring in a Pac-12 freshman of the year and Jaden Delora. Now, I asked uh, I asked Glenn, I said, so what's that next step? And he says, the next step is to be able to get those linemen. And he said, but you're not going to get the kids – that those five to eight that are no duh, no brain guys because they're all and you covered the recruiting game forever. They're all going to the SEC, and if they're on the West Coast, they're probably going to go to USC or they might go to Oregon. They're not coming here. But he says you can find guys that have the build, that have the athleticism, and that's where it's on you to be able to coach them up. And I think you're going to see a lot of kids that kind of come in with the way that uh, Arizona just got two commitments. Uh, just got two commitments from uh, two linemen, both very athletic. And I think you're going to see that where you try to go for the three-star kid. And by year two or three, you have enough of them that you've got a couple guys that are good starters there. You know, look at look at the Stoops era. They brought in a lot, and more so Rich Rod. Brought in a lot of four-star guys. Right. The curse of the four-star. Who's the only one who lived up to the hype? Evan Britton. Right. Um. Some were not their fault. Right. You know, uh, the, the big kid from St. Bonaventure who had the, the concussion issues. But then you have the kid from, from Scottsdale who ends up getting arrested twice. And Right. Uh, Keenan, what, Keenan Walker? Keenan uh, Walker, yep. Yeah, yeah. The kid from Hawaii, well-regarded, ends up moving both sides of the ball. Solomon Kohler. Um, in many ways, and, and this is a terrible attitude to have, there's a reason certain four-stars don't go to USC. Mm-hmm. You look at the two linebackers Rich Rod brought in. You know, the one kid couldn't help that he two kids that two kids that could have gone to Oklahoma, but they ended yeah. up here. Yeah. Uh, but there are others that, yeah, you know, so what I think you have to do is yeah, you you absolutely have to take a chance on them, but you have to be trust your evaluations. Right. Um, Dick Tomey did two things really well with well, three really with his offensive line. Right. One, he mined the JCs. Right. He did not miss often on JC offensive linemen. Right. Two, he was really good with the Polynesian players. And sometimes that was the same guy. You know, he he had that little pipeline there through some of the JCs in, in, in Utah. He also went small town. Warner Smith, San Manuel. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teddy Bruschi, Roseville. Right. Uh, Waldrop was a relative. I mean, I know he's LA area, but he was a smaller school. He was not. He, Waldrop was a Phoenix kid. Phoenix kid. That's right. I'm yeah. thinking of, maybe I'm thinking of Ty Parker. William, I'm in your real house right here. Yeah. Come yeah. On. So, but if you look at it, he didn't miss much. And when he, but he, what he did is he, he found these little niches. So, you know, we all hate necessarily because recruiting is really fun looking at stars and ranking it. But maybe sometimes you got to go to Carlsbad, New Mexico, and find a freak athlete. Right. Um, you know, and they Island Gonzalez is a great name, by the way. Yeah. So, and I don't know if the kid's going to be good, but as I have often said, you take a chance on 6'6", 250, wildly athletic, more than you do at 5'8", 140, wildly athletic, which right. Richard did all the time. Right. Um, you know, 
sometimes it doesn't pay off. You know, the, the kid, I don't know if the kid from Germany is going to work out for Arizona. Probably not by now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I'd rather take a chance, bring in too many linemen, you know? So, so yeah, Jordan Morgan's a guy who was a little under the radar. I know he ended up with the USC offer, but um, take a chance on those guys. And, and, and uh, yeah, so I have no problem with that. You know, the, the kid out of the, the LA kid, they got Conti, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Conti. Uh, you know, he's got the size, got the frame, looks like a guy who can put on some weight, play some ball. He had legit offers. Um, yeah, he's a three-star, but he's from a good program, uh, Corona mm-hmm. Centennial, right. which is one of the best on the West Coast. So, yeah, that's the perfect guy you take a chance on. You know, just like I like the kid they picked up over the summer from a big, you know, Long Beach Poly kid mm-hmm. um, who happened to be 340 pounds or whatever. Right. You know, do you either need slightly undersized and athletic or you need slightly oversized and I got to get you into shape? But that's fine. And if you can add one or two four-stars into that mix every couple of years, great. But you've got to bolster these lines because we've had, especially on the defensive side of the ball, defensive line issues since since Tony left, to be frank. And I think that people also need to get understand a little bit that Arizona could easily have as impact. Now, it's not going to quite have the numbers, but Arizona could easily, easily have as impactful a 2023 class that isn't rated as high because you're going a heavy line on both sides. And again, like we talked about, you're not going to necessarily get those five or those four-star kids, but it could, as long as it's littered with three-star kids that have offers to, you know, your UCLA's, your Oklahoma States, schools like that, then yeah, I'm cool with it. Then it's up to the coaches to be able to coach those dudes up. Give me some Colin Baxter's. Give me some Joe Longacres. Give me, uh, you know, those yeah, type of guys. Right, for uh, sure. And, and I'll be more than ever. A Ricky Elmore. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Brooks Reed. Um, you know, bring in guys. And that's, again, why I like the kid from New Mexico. And you can't have a whole class of that. Right. But that's a kid who has four position possibility. Right. He could be O-line, he could be interior D-line, he could be D-end, or he could be a tight end. I don't know. But that was Brooks Reed. I mean, he came in as an H-back, became a tight end, then became a D-end. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you go, you know, I don't mind the bottom three or four guys in the class being these guys you reach for, but it can't be your whole class, which is what sometimes what Sherrod did, which is a lot of times what Sumlin was trying to do. Right. Um, so you got to be, you got you to be, you got to be conservative with that, but... You also can't freak out and, and write it as an indictment of recruiting because you're taking a flyer on a kid. Because all it takes is that kid going to one camp or combine this summer, which he probably now won't have to do, and he blows right. up. And suddenly you look like a genius or you look like an idiot because you didn't offer him early enough. He's William Brad Ellis. I'm merely Mike Luke. All right, William, give the people a little bit of an update on what's going on. You're, you're coaching All-Stars, I believe, right? I'm helping out. Yeah, I'm not on the main coaching staff because you can only have three in the uh, dugout, but... Uh, yeah, my son Tyler's playing 12 and under All-Stars for uh, Flowing Wells Little League. Uh, we scrimmaged Western last night. Western, I'm pretty sure their starting pitcher came with his wife and kids. Um, <laughs> Has like the mustache, the handlebar. No, no, no. He was just, he was about 5'9". Right, five, okay. Um, apparently, he and his twin brother, one of the coaches knows him. They're football players, too. The little brother is actually going to uh, the little twin. He's shorter. Playing in, right. at Texas Stadium this weekend in a an 11 on 11 tournament. I didn't even know they had those things, but uh, good on them. Uh, yeah. The daughter's playing a little volleyball. I'm doing both and I'm coaching both in between. So very busy still, but the podcast is back. I record an episode 
uh, earlier. It should be up tonight or tomorrow morning, talking a little Chip Hale, talking a little Caitlin Lowe, and a little bit about the uh, football recruiting. We'll have a basketball one later in the week as well. So it should be back. Uh, the little hiatus is over now that I'm only busy, you know, five you're, nights a week. You're only doing 20 different things now as opposed to 35. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> He's Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks so much. We'll be back with you tomorrow at 1230. We're going to have Matt Mulebach on. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank you.